Hi, and welcome to Double Bill. I'm Brian. You don't want to ask me to host a podcast. My father asked me to host a podcast once. Once. Watson Jones. My name is Mikey Fargan Corksucker Postel. I'm Joshua the Time Machine Did It Humphrey. And we're joined today by a guest. Hello, I am Ben rather nicely, actually, not very dangerous at all, Talon. <laughs> Thank he, you for joining us. And, you. and he is dressed nicer than a lot of us. The I whole... thought we were supposed to dress up. I thought this was on video, honestly. I... <laughs> he looks actually more like Johnny Dangerously, like the three of us. Yeah, <laughs> and you have, a, you, have a, you have a Baroni mustache. I right do have now. a Baroni mustache, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. Not like, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Joe Piscopo's character. I can't quite do that kind of mustache. Oh, right, right, the, right. Yeah. Nobody can Very, really pull off a mustache like that these days, no, sadly. No. So I, think I don't know if you want to. I think that, no, I, I think that's a, to the detriment of society that we don't have spectacular facial hair. I don't know, I like that mustaches now are all based on curves, like... Humpy Jay's here, whereas it's his very curves. Yes, yeah. mm -hmm. his was based very much on sharp angles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that was the style at the time, as they say. It I'm was, not sure it was. Was it the, the, kind of the Art Deco-y kind of you know? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah I could, see, I see? could see that Art Deco, uh, Art, Deco. Art Deco, but with facial hair. Facial yeah. hair, true. Yeah. Right now, I'm looking more more like a Wario than any kind of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's Wouldn't still it's, it's more nefarious. Sure. It's getting more and more nefarious. I think that's just because I have a shaved head right now. That right. I'm that, that's a good point. A little, little bit of supervillain. A little yeah. bit, little yeah. bit, just going on there. One yeah. more step to supervillainy. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's me. You're currently on junior varsity supervillainy, and then they're going to test you out against. Next like, year I'll make varsity guys. Next week against Apple Valley, they're going to put you on the front line. Woo! Yeah. No, seriously, right now, if you had a goofy hat, you could be the incompetent, like, aide to a supervillain. <laughs> and if you had an eye patch, you could be the supervillain himself. It's entirely accessory. You just need one point. more, yeah, one I more. I gotta get that work. I get right, right, yeah, so that. choose wisely. Silly mm -hmm. hat or eye patch. Eye patch, definitely. Good, good choice. Or no anyway, so. Double bill, double bill. Comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill. It's double bill. Goes together like chocolate and peanut butter, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, like a hamburger and a bun, like baby ducks and staple guns. Record scratch! Double bill, double bill, comparing culture, it's double bill. Putting two things together, it's double bill, it's double bill. And we're back. Yay! So, all right, there we are. So, so this, what do we do? Well, this week, month, whatever our schedule is, um, I hosted, and we did what amounted to parodies of noir, although upon rewatching it, I realized the first one was more of a gangster flick. Uh, we did Johnny Dangerously and the Firesign Theater piece, The Further Adventures of Nick Danger, which, despite its title, was the first one they did, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> it really was that first one? Like, yeah, I believe... Looking at doing a little research into it, a very little research. They're, they've made three or four, but this is the only one I know. I know it very well. Yeah, I don't expect you to do research for this show. Right. Yeah. Good. <laughs> well, you know, these... these Hurtling the lowered bar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as low as we can get this bar, we can go lower. If, the, go uh, lower. if the jewel case is any indication, they seriously look like Zeppelin... Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, they're going to sing Fever Dog at a stadium concert in Madison in 1972. They look like... like a bunch of guys' dads maybe trying to be cool and right. sing Zeppelin. That's true. Well, now. That's well there's true. David. There's David Cross progenitor yeah, and the yeah. James Frank or James Franco Johnny Depp progenitor, and he's probably the one that gets laid with a sense of humor, and he's the sensitive one with the star shirt. Actually, if you weren't wearing a suit, you'd probably be the star shirt guy. I can uh, I can deal with that. I, I would I'm take stuck that. on Franco Depp. That's like a horrible transporter accident. <laughs> 
Like, 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 as like opposed James, to those jolly Like Johnny Depp got into the transporter and there was a fly. No James Franco. There was a James Franco oh, fly. Something went yeah. wrong with the transporter. It's like he ate a pound of pudding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a delightful transporter accident. No, that's what happens when Vince Vaughn from 1996 gets on and he gets out looking like Vince Vaughn from 2002. It's like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What is I, the rate of Vince Vaughn? Because he cycles back and forth. He looks, he, is it he six looks, years? He looks so super, it's, not a, it's not a rate of acceleration, it's a frequency of... Yeah. Yeah, he's oh, you know, you know, you know, look, it's the sine wave. Swingers, okay. Swingers, Vince Vaughn looks really good, uh, but the uh, I think this is probably the second time I've said this on Double Bill. There's the other Vince Vaughn that looks like you stretched a dress shirt over a waterbed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're perfect. <laughs> yes, that's oh, right. Bill no. in a whole different league. No, no, no. League. He's got, no, no. He, got grimace, he's a straight progression. <laughs> like, Vince Vaughn gets thin again sometimes. Yeah, with Bill Kilmer, the yeah. only way is, is out. No. It's like, have you ever microwaved a peep? <laughs> <laughs> that's the bigger Vince Vaughn. It's, oh. he, he's recognizable, but everything just gets sort of puffier, and the, there's no good lighting wow. anymore. Ever? But then he shrinks back down, like a peep. Like a peep. Do peeps shrink after after you take them out of the microwave? I've never Probably tried. Not. I never have tried microwaving well, foods to extremity before. Well, you never like even like get a rigged a. Uh, You've a never jousted peeps. I've never no. I've never jousted peeps. I've seen it. You but put I've never two done peeps it. in a microwave and, and you put them... a toothpick in each yeah, one <laughs> and then <laughs> fight as they get bigger. And then yeah, the first one to poke the other one yeah. wins. I think this is... Peep jousting. Sounds like everyone wins. We could probably stop the podcast now. Come back to us next week after you've done peep jousting. Tell us your stories. This is the fifth episode of Peep Jousting. Our special guest, Ben Callen. Well, we've had a great season of peep jousting so far. I was really surprised that the pink peeps have gone on as, as long as they have, but really you can never count them out because when, or when, or well, when you see a pink peep well, in the game, the pink peep that scores say, ben, more points is going I was win. expecting more from the novelty Halloween ghost. Mm, <laughs> Ace is a place for hardware. <laughs> That's all I got to add. That's I think we set a new record for how fast this went off the rails. <laughs> it went off the rails. Oh, are we quickly. supposed to stay on topic? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I didn't realize it was well, that kind of a thing. S- supposed to, finger quotes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm usually the one who keeps people on track, but I don't give a fuck right now. Okay. Super villain. Yeah. So. The super villain is going to be uh, escaping. Well, my superpower is not keeping anything on track anymore. <laughs> anyway. Bar- so. The barrister um, is like going to be leaving for the United Kingdom soon, so he's clearly got... His eyes in the Screw pond. you guys, I'm going across the pond. Right? Man, I miss across the pond. So, anyway, so... Why um, did you pick these? I tell you what, for, before we go into that, sure. I'll introduce Ben and why he's here at random. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I know. I yes. have ideas every now and then. So again. they offered so, me booze and said that I should come over and drink it, and so I am here. Well, well, That's how you get most people. You're not podcasts. paying for this? Because I've been itemizing. Well, I'm out of here. All right. Anyway, so... Ben Talon and I are part of a theater company called Tedious Brief Productions. We do shows every now and again. And for Last Fringe, we wrote a play called The Final Act, which was a noir Shakespeare piece. It wasn't true parody, but it was pretty close. We watched a lot of noir. It was more mashup than parody. Yeah, I, I mean, we weren't going for straight parody humor. Yeah. A little got in there, but yeah. what did you guys, did you guys we wrote it. Um, now, you guys, uh, Tedious Brief, uh, you guys have done uh, Tempests. Which was a mashup of Aliens, and you did Bard Fiction, which utilized Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. and others. So in this mashup, uh, did you guys utilize one Shakespeare source as your through line to add noir? We, we, or? we nope. utilized history itself. Yeah, wow. it, it was. it's actually based on true events, oddly enough. 
of uh, of the death of Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. Okay, uh, because he was a shady, sketchy dude. The guy there is at least as much historical yeah. accuracy in that play as any of Shakespeare's history plays. All right. Probably. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like, a it's, lot more than you. It's. I'm. I'm actually embarrassed how good a job we did. We made of, up like of, three of staying characters. true to history. God, if you saw that terrible party? for I am. It is wow. terrible. We should. We were. We shouldn't have been trying to be true to history. We well, should have been trying we, to we make something like, funny well, we and need a and sketchy, creepy. you know, spy friend of his. Oh, this guy, this historical person. All right, Robert yeah. Poli. Yeah, we kept. We kept on finding characters from history that just worked well in the play so yeah so anyway we wrote that play it was noir we got we did a more research than i did for this podcast certainly and i <laughs> uh, watched a lot of noir preparation so since i was hosting and this was my week and it was based on noir i asked my teeny brief cohorts uh the other one is aaron greer but he could not make it tonight so we got ben talon who is the poor man's aaron greer Aww. that's the implication anyway Aww. that's ouch it's that's... okay buddy drink your scotch i mean okay Congratulations oh, again on your Yay. upcoming baby. Beast, Thank you. Yes. Yep. Beast, yes. We got B Squad Greer. Well, that's that's pretty brilliant. Um, you should get business cards that say B Squad Greer. It's actually the name of my Rush cover band. I don't know why Rush, <laughs> but there we are. Uh, well, everybody makes one mistake. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the first thing, piece we did in order of when we watched it, that's as good as any, was Johnny Dangerously, which is a movie from a time... 1984. Thank you. The, the year of... Of excellent movies. Yes. Uh-huh. That is uh, your one of them. Yeah. We'll, we'll tell you. Also, a novel what? by George Orwell. Yes. Good call. Also, coincidence? A play that, probably. that yeah, Theater that, Pro Rata is producing next is, year. Josh. No shit. Get the pl- yeah, Theater Pro Rata is doing yeah. 1984 next year. I look wow. forward to that. This is, um, this is also going to be also our a theater I'm also the marketing director for Theater Pro Rata, oddly enough. This is going to be the most heavily like cross-promoted fucking show in the entire... Oh my god, yeah. Incidentally, I'm going up to the uh, Paul Bunyan Playhouse. We're going to be doing Noises Off from June 4th through June 14th at the Chief Theater. Oh, we're just going to miss you. I'm actually going to be up north. Uh, we, at, at, oh, I'm sorry to, again, pimp Pro Rata, but at Pro Rata's fundraiser last night, uh, mm-hmm. Noe and I, we won a yeah, week's vacation. In Detroit. In Detroit oh, Lakes. Not nice. Detroit. No, Detroit Lakes. Yeah. Uh, which is at, uh, like an hour First away prize from is a week's vacation yep. in Detroit. Uh, but we're second probably going to be a week's vacation. After you're doing your well, shows then. You'll be able to go see the... Putnam uh, County. No, Putnam County is... Well, maybe. They'll probably be in rehearsal. They're going to be doing that two-person, one... Um, Anyway, but yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be like an hour away, so we're probably gonna go check out a show in Bemidji and just hang out and drink or whatever. Yeah, like you do, like you do, or yeah. have ginger ale in Noe's case. Oh, and, and yes, in in my pregnant wife's case. Yes, Noe will watch me drink. Is yes. the uh, the general plan? No, I'll I'll I, I won't be such an ass to do. Well, no, I'll drink still. Who am I kidding? Well, it's Bemidji, man. What, what's right? It's, it's, it, yeah, she can drink a little. Is it first trimester where that's? Legit uh, or I would imagine legit, third I trimester. I don't okay. know. I, you're asking the wrong person. Dude, not... I, look, I don't want to have kids at all. I don't really care. But no, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm. I didn't think I wanted. Well, I didn't want kids for a while. I wanted kids when I was ready for kids, and I'm still not ready for kids. But I'm like, if I'm ever gonna have kids, now's the time I gotta do it. So. Well, there's ready for kids, and then there's oh look, there's a kid. We should probably keep you hear him that alive. talent child. He's almost ready for you. Yes, in you, the future, you get, you don't, you're not ready when you get pregnant. You're, you get ready by the time the kid comes, or you're right. as ready as you can be. Right. right. So I'm. That's why it takes nine. I, months. I feel like I'll be as ready as I can be when when this kid shows up. So. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm psyched. I'm jazzed. Yeah. You hear that kid? Future child from the future? I'm I'm ready for you. All right. Um, oh, so. I'll be the um, pseudo-uncle who'll be leading a, a group of 15 scary clowns to your birthday party. Stay away from Uncle uh, Brian. I God. do not no, want no, you anywhere near side. Uncle Brian. No, no, we're on your side. Don't worry. The clowns 
protect you. I am I am also uh, bringing us back because I'll be taking over Josh Humphrey's uh, rain rule, where I think that regardless of why you picked Johnny Dangerously from the yeah. Oh, yes, the show. Oh, yeah, remember Johnny Dangerously? <laughs> remember that show? It, it was the movie from 1984. I, I was watching I Mikey over here waiting to pull the reins back in. Yeah, okay, so... Which was very here's, amusing here's, to me. Uh, this is the fantastic thing, because I walked in here, I, I'm driving up, I'm like, what the fuck did, was Brian picking again? I cannot remember. And then when, I'm a memorable guy. And then when the when the weird Al Yankovic music starts... It's it's literally it's just like it pulls you back to all of those uh, kind of like when we did Mannequin, like all of those Saturdays where they would show on the afternoons on Channel Nine or Channel Twenty Nine, Johnny Dangerously, mm-hmm. uh, heavily edited. Yeah, oh yes, yes, that, but, yes, I remember that. But yes. the heavily edits, the heavy edits. It turns out I'm thinking I'm like I remember seeing a lot of this stuff outside of like the man butt or maybe some of the more coarse language. Yeah. But because, like, there's a character in it who speaks in, like, this really fucked up... This fake... Pigeon Italian... Yeah, this fake foreign language right. well, yeah, learning it's, English. It's only foreign on the curse words, though. He's fine everywhere else other than vague accent from across the board. Exactly. Right. And yeah. it, was, it was because... I think it was because they, they, took, they had an eye toward this is going to be shown on TV, whereas... Uh, but before this well, point, uh, airplane. You generally think, think about, of that, yeah, yeah. With with Proft involved, you know, you've got like he, you, they, uh, we were we were talking about like airplane and and, you know, like all the movies that they did that had like really super dirty jokes, like a fucking inflatable pilot getting hit yeah, yeah. on a plane. Mm-hmm. They could never show that on never. Right. You yes, you could never show it on TV and still maintain. Right, the spirit of it. Showing, it showing be, them smoking cigarettes afterwards. It, it would be fifteen minutes long. Yeah, it would be right. nothing. But this one, uh, even even something as as dumb as um, as Peter Boyle coming out of the toilet with a, a toilet, the toilet handle f- handle in his yeah. hand, making very loosely guarded, <laughs> loosely veiled dick jokes, like I blew my dick off, and then grabbing his own dick. You're like, oh god. But let's uh, uh, sidebar about that. Uh, the, the, he says, I'm standing here with my dork in my hand. My dork in my hand. I did not realize until I was like 18 that dork was a synonym for dick. Right. I just thought it meant like nerd. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, I did it not. Did. I thought it was an it edit. It did, but that's where it came from. Like, people... I believe specifically it's either a whale or an elephant penis. Really? Yeah. Oh, so it is an official term for like, something. Yeah, and somehow term, yeah. somehow okay. it became a synonym for geek and nerd. This is one of the first movies with a PG-13 rating, so you know. So Remember, was, I told you, 84. This was the year, this so was the was year that PG-13 Doom came out. Temple of Doom. I'm sorry. Gremlins? Dream, Dreamscape? I was trying to pin. Oh, is that the movie with uh, Dennis Quaid, Quaid and Kate Capshaw and the guy from the Warriors? From the Warriors, yeah. And I was trying to tell and this, was, that that Dreamscape scared the shit out of me. Scared the fucking I shit out of me. See how much Ben Talon is gesticulating right now. <laughs> you can sort of hear when he was out of order, and he turns getting a Doppler effect. Exactly. That was what scared me. But what got me was that we would we could rent this from the video store. Again, 84 was just a capital year for movies. Yeah, it was 84, 39, one year in the 70s was really good. They're like these these landmark years. Benchmark, wow. benchmark wow. years. Next Nexus year. yeah. of, of, of goodness. 99? And I, I I'm standing really by like. this. America at large, 1984, the year in cinema, will destroy you as being the, the benchmark, the watermark, the, the place where, where you... All sorts of marks. There's several marks... They're, they're, yeah, Mark Show, yeah, German the, currency before they went to the Euro, and the Zeppo. Funky Bunch. Um, we've got Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Indiana Jones, and the Temple of Doom. 
Uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Uh, but the point is... <laughs> You're calling out Sheena, Queen... Okay, go on. The <laughs> list falls apart as you go we also down. have... But it well, starts you know, strong. Fine, fine. But it also was when the MPAA came out with that magical rating of... PG thirteen, which is in like, response to Temple of Doom. In like, response to like Temple like, of Doom and, and Spielberg's request, and they're just like, well, yeah. what are you gonna do? You got a guy who's like reaching into his heart, and that was a whole like argument. Like, well, uh, you can't see titty. You can say shit maybe once or twice. The f bomb, mm, okay, but once, seriously, no titty. Yeah. yeah, maybe half a titty, maybe a side boob. But that was where it was like violence. Hey, you're cool. Violent away, but nudity, not so much. Cussing. Second place, and now we've got PG thirteen, and like, and who, who puts out PG thirteen movies anymore? Anyway, it's such a rare thing. Unless you're next. Well, it used to be. Yeah, it used to be a, a kind of a thrill for it when you when you were 13, 14, 15 years old to see a PG thirteen yeah. movie. Well, and now it was, it was you can actual... get into an R rated movie if you're six. Yeah, yeah. an eleven, but ten. I 11... can't remember the last time I paid attention to what the rating of a was of a movie I was seeing. Yeah. Well, do you have to? You don't. Well, I well, don't. We're but not still this. Uh, we're not a housewife in Alabama, though. I mean, that's... I also, I, I mean, well, maybe you're not. My, my oh. magic story. I just got into a conversation about somebody because they were talking about the movie The Witches, and this is a relevant sidebar. The movie The Witches came out. Roald Dahl, okay, so Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. So this movie came out in 1990, and young Michael David here was 14, 15 years old, and I desperately wanted to go see a Van Damme movie, which was rated R, Lionheart. <laughs> and it was at the it was at the Brooklyn Center UA, and I go there and we were dropped off by my parents. I'd seen a ton of R-rated movies in the theater, and we got the one dickhead uh, usher who was like, "You can't see Lion Hawkins rated R." And we're like, well, what movie do you have available? He's like, okay, well, there's Witches. It's over in Theater 4. It's PG. And we're like, okay. We walked out after 50 minutes. Horrifying experience. It was just a terrible movie. Now, people who get mad at me are like, The Witches was a great movie. I'm like, well, it might have been. But when your little 15-year-old heart is ready to see a guy do a jump split, jump split wheel kick to another guy's face... With blood splattering everywhere. You're like, not going to find that in the witches. You're, no, you're going to leave and you're going to cry and you're going to call your mom on the payphone to come pick you up. <clears throat> so on PG-13 movies, uh, you have very specific criteria. In the in the instance of Dreamscape, you have some frightening images. Yes. Which nowadays are like they're more concerned about frightening imagery. And you've got the guy from the Warriors, uh, David Patrick Kelly, whose head turns into a cobra head in this dream sequence. And that was just like... When you're a child, you're like, okay, that's a little intense for me. But then you also have other dreams where there's, like, sex scenes happening and, like, kind of a fuzzy, but you can make it out and you're like, nudity! Hooray! <laughs> and that's, like, that was the other cool thing. It's you the know? only reason I ever watched Warlock 2 Armageddon. Right? <laughs> or in, uh, in, in India, and in, you have Indiana Jones or Sheena, uh, Queen of the Jungle, you're like, oh, God, Sheena. But, yeah, but you there's... Keep a, on harping on Sheena. Yeah, but there's also a scene where Tanya Roberts... The, the male character, the tiny male character who's like, discover Sheena, is like, where are you, Sheena? And she comes walking out of the river, bare-ass naked, and you're just like, all right. You have Doc Hollywood. That's another one. Do you remember the one with Michael J. Fox? Oh, live-action cars, yeah. yeah. Right, yeah. Live-action cars. <laughs> Doc Hollywood. Is Sheena a real movie? <laughs> Go look up Tanya Robbins Yeah, it's what right they based cars. Tanya Robbins? Tanya yeah. Roberts. Roberts. Tanya she was Roberts. the mom I, on that 80s. It, it, it was the live-action live Cars 2. <laughs> So anyway, uh, this is a fantastic rating. Getting back to it, 1984 was a great year with all those movies. I have to Johnny reiterate. Dangerously. I have to reiterate. Oh, the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, reiterate that we had movies like Gremlins, which was also a. a that was a fantastic movie. Yeah. Fantastic, oh, movie. Groundbreaking. That hit me. I would as say a kid. somehow. And it also got. I saw s- that too young. 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it scared the shit because they're like, well, it's a, is it a Christmas movie? It's got Christmassy sounding, but then you've got like these uh, yeah, adorable puppets. No, the they're, headings. They're, they're got, terrifying. They're yeah, terrifying to a kid. Adorable puppets. Yeah. And then they're launching women out of three story wind, yep. windows yep. And <laughs> via their chairs. Then. Via their chairs. You've also got like. She had way too many floors for you've how got, that thing. You've got like, genre. Actually, like, you know, kind of. She was rich. Veteran genre horror artist, uh, actor Dick Miller was in one of them. He's in. Uh, he's a guy. Oh. Also, 84, Terminator, the very first one. Really? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Which was, 84 which was, is which was R-rated, but yeah. he's the guy yeah. that's like, Did he goes, what else do you want, pal? He's like, phase he four, plasma rifle. He's like, hey, 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 just what you see on the shelf, pal. <laughs> right, and he goes, Uzi 9mm, oh, you know your guns, pal, I like you. So that guy was in like half of the 89 movies in 1984. Yeah. So we have Johnny Dangerously, backpedaling, um, where you have Michael Keaton, backpedaling, which for our younger viewers, Michael Keaton, prior to like... Well, what the fuck has Michael Keaton done Lately? in the last um, 12, 14 the years? The Pick of Destiny, Story the three. Tenacious D movie. I think he was he in was Pick in. of Destiny? Maybe he was just in a short they did. I swear, I, I saw that movie. I just um, can't remember. He Oh, he, the new RoboCop. He was, in the new he was in the new he was in He was in, he was in, he was in no, no, he was in The Other Guys. No, that was Peter Weller. In The Other Guys. <laughs> Michael Keaton was Thank in The you. Other Guys doing the most phenomenal police chief outside of Ice Cube and the 21 Jump Street. He's in an <laughs> upcoming movie called Birdman. Yes, but he, oh, yeah. he was the police chief that was working part-time at Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if that's actually based on <laughs> And whenever they're like, hey, we need to go investigate. And he's like, guys, you go investigate, but don't go chasing waterfalls. What? He's like, guys, guys, hey, no scrubs. Why are you quoting <laughs> TLC songs? What? That's a TLC song. No, go on, get out there, come on! I don't shock him. He's Those done girls. a lot of things for like uh, voiceover work. Sure, Michael Keaton has. Okay, oh, yeah, for Pixar. Oh, sure. But, oh, and then okay, for some yeah. video games like Call of Duty. Up until uh, really, yeah, mm-hmm. up until like 1998. Uh, 1998, he was in Out of Sight, and then he was in prior to that the other Elmore Letter novel, uh, Jackie Brown. Yes, but oh, then right. he, I mean, he. What people need to understand is that there was a time when Michael Keaton. Was hotter than Brad fucking Pitt. He was the king yeah. of Hollywood. He was, he was, he was yeah, He was a marquee for a actor. while, not like two months. In he that, in that Beetlejuice Batman era, but he yeah. was fighting for that marquee because even in the credits of Johnny Dangerously, he was seventh listed behind Peter Boyle. And, and he's Danny the lead character. And he's the lead character. But they that can't... was how they just how they did the credits. Right. They went from, yeah. li- from smallest to smallest biggest. To biggest. But, but even yeah, the, the first person in the credits was the kid version of his character. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's, we should also mention it's very important, and I know we're we're bouncing around here. Par for the course. Uh, there is a junior version. Ben is very. He's very modest about this. There is a junior version. Ben, Are you? Have you had time ben, to be modest about this? Ben Talon's... Let me, let me get modest my modesty ben, on here. Ben Talon's very first uh, cinema role was as the, uh, as the young thief that sets off the, the uh, backstory, which takes up uh, the brunt of Johnny Dangerously. He plays a guy going in there to steal his dog, Falstaff, Mm-hmm. And the pet store that Johnny Dangerously, a.k.a. Michael yeah. Keaton... Feel free to IMDb this. I don't yeah. like to brag about but that is me. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, uncredited. The, yeah, well, uncredited. he's credited, but he used I, it's a, a different fake, name. I used yeah, a different name. He used a fake name so he wouldn't he stand out at school. Right, yeah. <laughs> he really cared but about his me. education. Yeah, so if you... You don't want to show up your classmates. You'll see that that's clearly Feel free me. to check IMDb, In though. the pet store, you yeah. can, yeah. Yeah, because you know what, Josh Hartnett? We love you, man. But this guy was pounding the fucking Should we give that one some context? Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. 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 All right. I didn't just leave it. No context. 
<laughs> so four anyway, people get so that. So most of this movie takes of the place seven in people flashback. who listen to this podcast, four people understood that. Yep, okay. that's to our fifty percent. To our four, to our four listeners. Cheers, cheers. Yes. Anyway, so Johnny Dangerously. Oh yeah, is, about, is a movie from nineteen eighty four. It's a crime movie. It's a crime caper comedy movie. Uh, he's a kid growing up poor in the streets of New York. He joins crime in order to help out his sick mother and get his brother through law school. Eventually, there's conflict, and he goes straight, and he falls in love with a girl, and way, and but everything's this is, fine. This is all the frame to hang, just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's I mean, my, it's not. That's my not, brief plot sketch. It's not as flimsy right. as like a Zucker Abrams Zucker, like an air, airplane right. kind of movie. There's, still, there's still a plot and there's yeah, still like characters. It's still in the same. A scary movie. Well, there. Yeah, no. There's the, two kinds of parody movies, and one of them's very pure. It, it is the airplane thing. I still think of airplane in the same category because yeah. they, they. Well, do, airplane is a, is pretty much a copy of a movie from. Yeah, the, 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 that's the, true. The, it's not original. They're all lampooning, and this one is lampooning. It's not original, but it's still it's a straightforward plot with a ton of jokes stuck to it, as opposed to a bunch of references to other movies that aren't even jokes or just like hey remember this horror movie we do moreover moving on moreover yeah. it's not even fucking topical at the time if you think about 84 it's like i can't outside yeah. of uh outside well, of 10 once... years since godfather part 2 right but outside of like once upon a time in america the Sergio Leone movie about you know like immigrants coming to america uh mm-hmm. james woods and robert de niro uh in a, in a rags to riches gangland story, we we hadn't even see, the Untouchables hadn't even came out yet. Mm-hmm. You know, which is like set everybody back off. That on was the, whole, the yeah, that was the gangster movie law, of that the time. Yeah. Movie that like set everybody off because yeah, we hadn't had yeah, like you said the Godfather we, had yeah, been since seventy four. I think we started having some Scorsese, but none of his big ones. No, no, maybe Mean, mean, mean Streets. Streets yeah. yeah, Zero Hour is the the pair is the movie that Airplane is based on. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. We should do that as a double. It's like at some no, point. it's the like line. shot for shot. In but the, many no, cases. the line we about the fish. We should do with Airplane. Usually, you should do Airplane in Zero Hour. Well, that's that's the line. The line of that one is they they were talking about this on an NPR interview and they said they're like we were listening to these movies and like well what can we make fun of and they're like well listen to this and there's an actual line they like we cribbed it verbatim and it sounds so ridiculous in our parody movie which is we need somebody who can fly this plane and we need somebody who didn't eat fish <laughs> and it's that, just like there's a we're rule. gonna use this movie right now there's a rule I heard it recently as applied to the room I can't remember the guy's name though it, it's the rule of parody that it's a piece of art so bad that the only way to properly parody it is to just do it. Right. <laughs> that, it's like the room. You can't make a parody. Well, that's version why of the room. Uh, that's why Nick Decker is doing the, the 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 version of the room as as if it were written by Henrik Ibsen. Mm-hmm. Henrik Ibsen's oh. a room. He was going to be doing oh. that. As a, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing this yeah. if it ever. He, wow. He was going to do it as a fringe orphan, but then he realized, no, I got to do this full length. Yeah. So, no. I, so I lost it. Thanks for opening the wound. Go see fringe wow. orphans at the Minnesota Fringe this year. That's my plug. There we go. Y'all, y'all got plug. plugs. I don't have a plug. Sorry. And, and now uh, Josh doing... Humphrey's going to be a lawyer eventually, so you should hire him when you have legal needs. I guess. I don't know about you, but I'm calling Ash I mean, unless Josh. you're a public defender or something, whatever you end up doing. Oh, great. I just got free publicity. <laughs> Hello. Awesome. Hello. Call one eight seven seven ax josh Ask Josh for all your legal needs. Hello, my name is Josh Humphrey, and I will answer your legal questions for you. Have Bankruptcy, murder, I don't care. I will be hired for cheap. Ask Josh 877. Call 1-800. Have you been josh. hurt in an accident and uh, also family troubles? Oh, guys. Ask Josh. 
I know we're pimping your business. And even, I think you can just take that. I will fight hard. I don't think you even need to cut you. that. Edit that at all. So, good. Okay, yeah. so let's. I'm, I'm gonna start so, putting that everywhere. That'll be, be, be my new ringtone. <laughs> I would. Uh, I want to put out there. I want to put out there for the record. Okay, something about the movie, or are we going back to the movie? No, we're going back to the movie. Okay. Uh, I would like to just if anybody has a has a Netflix subscription or the ability, this is a great one to revisit or see for the first time. I think. I honestly think it held up. This is assuming we can even it stream it. Can we stream it? I have no idea. I, 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 I absolutely agree. It track. really does hold up well. There, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of TV well, shows it's an amazing from this period cast. I mean, lately that didn't hold up well. And this, the, the cast yes. of this movie, aside from Michael Keaton, Peter Boyle, yeah, Joe Piscopo, Mary Lou Henner, Mary Lou Henner. Uh, you've got yeah, Maureen, uh, Griffin Dunn, Maureen mm-hmm, Stapleton. You've got a. You've got a depressive cast pulling out all the stops and like treating the material fairly, and it just. You don't get it. You're like, this guy is fucking Beetlejuice. This guy... This you know what? I never got past how much eyeliner that Michael Keaton had on. He really you never got past that. I never got past it. In which movie? In this, in movie, this movie or Batman or Beetlejuice? All of Because he's wearing eyeliner For fuck's sake. Humphrey. He's, yeah, he's easily a quarter dick. Harumph! He never, he never got past the amount... Your name is now Josh Harumphrey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good night. We were waiting for that. Oh. Sorry, but besides we that... We named his legal not practice last in the last there, No, I did. I enjoyed it's the book. It's Humpy J and Stash. <laughs> I like the I like the things that like really like flipped past you like the well, teeny tiny like thing. There was there tons of background yeah. stuff that I the, yeah, yeah, there's, 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 there's the guy was stopping at at various times you just look at things the guy, in the background. The guy with the big wooden boombox <laughs> who came by the break dancing scene which is okay. Well yeah, there's a bunch of side games like that that you just miss. They're gone if yeah. you're not looking for them. Well, yeah, I, I or the, 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 no, the no blackjacking the no coshing sign in the club Maroni. In the casino. Right. Yeah, I kind of want to go back and pause all the newspapers because the the sub headlines. Because I'm sure the right. newspapers had the like, one I read was Ray on. fucking Walston. My my, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> who was old when he came out of the womb? Yeah. Right. yeah. So he was he he was born like fucking. He uh, looks five years older than he does in the youngest photograph I've ever. I seen. I remember seeing him in a Voyager episode and being like, "Shut he, up!" He's really? like, he's, I remember him. Yeah. 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 And he, I was like, "You haven't changed." Isn't he the groundskeeper? Yes, he's the groundskeeper through Next Generation. Yes. Yes. And he was yes. also in the stand as the old fucking judge. <laughs> so that, that groundskeeper comes back in a oh, Voyager hello. episode. Who's IMDb where, now? Like, God. Species 8472 is like impersonating like Starfleet Academy like personnel or whatever. Anyway. Anyway. And he's in God. that. And that's like from the 2000s. Yeah. So it's just like. Uh, but I mean. the Talented right... fellow. And I constantly can. But he looks him. the same. It, the he worst does. part about him though. Is every time I hear Ray Winstone's name. I think it's him. Oh. So every time I think. Like. Oh my God. He's <laughs> playing the lead. In like a, yes. a badass yes, British. That is a very movie? similar sounding oh, name. I remember watching. Shit, I remember no, watching Beowulf. And even though it was like all like. <laughs> right. Put into like CGI. Beowulf, I was like. Where's my favorite Martian? Rumpf, rumpf, rumpf. Nope. Nope. So you get uh, Anthony Hopkins though. You do, good. and you do. You get you get also Angelina Jolie with the tail. I, so I, it's not her body though. They decided to sex up Angelina Jolie's body with somebody else. Wow, would you do? That? That's really not. Can you imagine the producers necessary. like meeting with no, that? Yeah. She's not sexy enough. Let's they sex hired, her up. They hired, they hired like a British bikini model because. They needed to, I guess. I guess. Really? Yeah. That's, so this was it was produced by a, the same people who produced beer commercials, is what you're telling me. A 12-year-old boy. Because yeah. uh, yes. the director's good. Same the thing. writer was good. It wasn't them. So, all right. Um, 
you've got very, there's so much to love about yeah, this well, movie. It, mm-hmm. It's weird. There's so many different types of comedy it's doing because it, it's doing long form improv parody, and there's also they break the fourth wall at some point to t- tell the audience not to smoke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God! Which then... which leads into sort of a plot point, but still, it's like yeah, we've we've kept this up for most for almost the entire movie. Kids don't smoke. And and my and one of my personal favorites. And again, as a as a little kid, like a 10, 11, 12 year old kid, and this somehow made it to KSTP. A Prellinger archive cartoon on your dick and balls. Your testicles, <laughs> your testicles, your testicles and, and you. you. Hello. Treated, I'd like to treated. talk to you about your testes. Your testes. <laughs> Make that your ringtone. And the very first scene, you see these actors walking bent over with basketballs in their pants. You're like, is this is this a sandbox production? This is the, a sandbox the thesis, production. The thesis statement no, no, that mind, video was kind of like lost on me because I couldn't tell if they were telling people not to like really sex Yeah, it really wasn't oh, clear God. what that was. Was, How can you treat that don't seriously? Don't have marital sex. No, I was, I was a like, joke. I was like, what? I don't know what's a joke. It was a comedy. But I'm like, where, where's the joke? This was, it was another thing. One of these many, the many parts of this film that I did not get at all when I first saw it. <laughs> right. sure. Yeah. As a 10, 11 year old. Like, oh, they got big balls. That's funny, huh? Why are they showing that? But then, but then when, when uh, his little brother Kelly gets married. Good restraint and not doing a blow to the basketball balls, though. Yeah, yeah, but when yeah, when sure. he gets married and like I understood the idea of of the uh, the urgency, like we're, we're, we need to find a room right now, and I was just yeah. like, I'm glad we waited. I'm but if like, I wait yeah. anymore, I'm going to die. Yeah, I was where should like, we go? Somewhere close. This is what's going to happen to me when I'm ready. Yeah, but I am. I have a stopwatch right now, and I really hope that puberty happens sooner rather than later because this is going to. But then they have the fucking janitor that comes in, is like singing him no, and he shuts the door again. It was Hallelujah. It was still the, that, <laughs> the, the the dying era where you could still get away with kind of racist, kind of very sexist, sexist shit, homophobic, racist. There was like people, but, and you could get away with this crap because people hadn't yet gotten into the industry of being offended. Right. It 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 towed the line. Yeah. That like a movie like Blazing Saddles, which a lot of us take for Blazing Saddles, just stomped the fuck all over. And it didn't give a shit because you have somebody like Richard Pryor who's like co-writing it and saying, "We're gonna do this," and he's like, "Can you do it?" He goes, "If you put me in this movie, people are not gonna come see it. But if you put fucking Cleavon Little in this movie, Mm -hmm. who will give it a bit of a gravity?" And Gene Wilder, who we are all like, "Oh, he's kind of a funny guy," but no, he played it like, "See this, Anne? Mm -hmm. Study his rock." This is the one I shoot with. Yeah. It's just like, oh, those jokes are great. And that is sort of like bled into Johnny Dangerously. That, Like you said, the, the, the idea that people became trained to get offended by things like that. Mm-hmm. And I get that so much. And, and, and even going forward to like 88, when Star Wars at the time was so far out of the public's fucking view, Spaceballs comes up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're gonna like extend ourselves before like the the dirtball screwball shit comedies came out. Spaceballs comes out, and there's like very few jokes like that that go through it. You know, there's like very few like you know borderline offensive jokes. You know, the tiny one was like call me the desert, man. We found shit. You know, <laughs> yeah, you you couldn't even get away with that. Nope. Nowadays, nope. it would be it would be seen as an offensive stereotype. Yes, mm-hmm. and I I I I mourn that freedom. That that willingness to be offensive, right? Everybody's afraid to well, be offensive. Well, because now. none of it felt mean. Right. Exactly. None of it. There's a difference. Yes, there is a difference between there's no malice. mean 
stereotyping and yep. just kind of like, hey, this is kind of a thing that people, that happens in our society. Right. And it's all been lumped into this, oh, you can't talk, you can't even, you can't even look at that right now. Case, look away. Case in point, giant dangerously. So when he's like, he, he sees his younger brother and his mom and he says, we're going to have a fist fight and he gets knocked out. He like drops his hand, he's like, all right, you win, I'm going to go to legit. And his brother jumps on top of him and he's wrapped up in his brother and his brother's like practically dry humping and those two guys walk by and look at them both and go, and he's like, okay, okay, get off. It's a funny bit. Yes. And you get it. It's not over the top horrible. You kind of get where the, okay, this looks a little racy and weird. But it's not like, this is now a gay joke. We are now having fun at, the gay, at a gay joke. Yeah. It's like, nope, nope. Even the, even the, he's like, no, you're part of the family. You're practically like a sister to me. You know, that whole one, he's like, I go both ways. Whoa, 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 whoa. When I was 10, I didn't get that at no, all. No, yeah, I, I did not pick up on that at all, yeah. But, you know, like, your very quick. parents yeah. are, like, going like yeah. this. <laughs> no, <laughs> Brian. No, but they did, yeah, they did it in such a way that they knew the kids wouldn't pick it up, but the, the adults would laugh at it. And yeah. there's dirtier jokes, I found out, that go on, like, shit, like, Rugrats, Spongebob, and, like, in cartoons oh, sure. now. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. One of the dirtiest all jokes I ever saw was Animaniacs, and, and I didn't get it until years later when they said... Get this? This is the dirtiest joke in Animaniacs. But it, the fingering oh, prints joke? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Fingerprints. Oh, yeah. Prince waggles his eyebrows. Spectacular Spider-Man. They said they, they they would frequently come up with like ways to like subversively say his web shooters are an analogy towards ejaculation. And when Black Cat comes by and he webs her, she's like, oh my god, you got it in my hair. <laughs> And he's like, you're fine. A little bit of peanut butter, it'll come right out. <laughs> That's 2012, friends. <laughs> so it, it's, it, it still can be done. You just have to be very a little bit more uh, yeah. delicate with it. You, I, be very careful. And I and I, I think a, he's compensating for something. I dig. <laughs> I I really and I think this is why I like shit like the state and and it also talks about like Monty Python subversive humor. You know, like things that like aren't aren't pandering, aren't laugh tracky, but. Are, are subversive enough where there's background shit, there's newspapers that have, like, tiny articles where you yeah. have to freeze. And well, now, well, now we're, like, the, a freeze-and-you-missed-it kind of culture, you know? The one Batman... The Batman... The one newspaper article I actually read was, um, bankers asked to see themselves how others see them. Still topical. <laughs> very topical. Right. It's yeah. been very 30 topical. years. Still topical. Right. And, you know, just... I, I think that... Banks have collapsed three times since then. Maybe, maybe, yeah, five minutes, guys. It's I think this I think this movie absolutely deserves a, yeah, a, a rewatch. Give it a whirl. Yeah. So, that was Johnny Dangerously. Any last words on that before Not we move moment. on to the next? No. Nope. Let's no. move. All right. Moving. Firesign Theater, The Further Adventures of Nick Danger. Uh, Firesign Theater was a radio comedy sort of group, 70s, L.A., undermining culture. I was sort of surprised with like how old it was, actually. Yeah, they, it felt they much more modern. around. Well, I mean, they, you had like a National, National Lampoon radio hour. Right, in, right. In well, the same National world. Lampoon did a radio hour? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can get the whole CD. You can get CDs of a ton of their, well, their sketches. Well, Firesign Theater's a lot like Tom Lair. They're they're old and venerated and a pillar of humor and a lot of people have no idea who they are. Yeah, do they still exist? Um, I think one of them is dead. 
I don't know. I think occasionally they release stuff like, hey, we threw something together. But they're definitely not, you know, still active doing stuff all the time. The Nick Danger pieces you guys are going to find a lot uh, to our current listeners. And uh, uh, you get... Garrison Keillor does his whole... What the fuck is he called? Lake Wobegon. Yeah. No, he does a specific noir thing. Oh, yeah, he does oh, a, Guy Noir. Yeah, Guy Noir. All right, right. Yeah. And this is... I mean... Guy Noir was born from Nick fucking Danger. Clearly, yeah, And yes. clearly Nick Danger is born from the, the 20s and 30s hard-boiled detective series with the tongue firmly planted in cheek. And what you have here... Cheek at best. At best. And you also have... I mean, it's just... I was really surprised at how it seemed like something that could have been recorded last week well, it by yeah. any one of our buddies. Oh, yes, absolutely. It, it, it does not feel at all dated. Well, nope. it helps that what they did was classic. They did 1940s radio parody, which is going to, if you do it right, is going to sound the same whenever you make it. Yeah, exactly. Whether you make it in the 70s or yesterday, it's if you're parodying the same setting, yeah. so it's still got that classic feel. How many of these have you listened to? Um, the Nick Danger ones? How off? Yeah. Well, just this one. Just the Fireside Theater stuff. Fireside Theater, this album that it's off, which is, uh, how can you be in two places at once if you're not anywhere at all? Uh, that's the only stuff I know, right? Deep. It's a song from the first track. Um, that, that's actually the entire song. I was, so... How I was listening to it, and I was wondering how common that business was of like people, you know, shuffling with their papers and losing their like places in the script. I don't stuff know. Like that. It, it, it's one of those things. I haven't listened to the other Nick Danger things, partly because I'm afraid it will be very repetitive, and I'm I'm concerned that if I listen to more of them, I might I might like them all less because they're doing the same jokes over and over again. And the Further Adventures is so perfect that I'm just happy knowing it. I would love to hear more, and I'm afraid to. It's why I haven't watched a Will Ferrell movie in like twelve years. Because <laughs> I know that no, if I, I know that one more Will Ferrell movie and I'll hate him. <laughs> ah, ah, I can see that. You're filling up your Will Ferrell I, cup. Well, yeah, I can feel you don't want it to my Will Ferrell hate hump is it almost at maximum. <laughs> it, it won't take much to push it over. I'm guessing anybody who has humped Will Ferrell probably hates him. I don't know. Well, he throws... He, is he married? That's yes. He throws himself into everything he does. Mm. Gotta get and he's, that. Also, he's game I mean, for anything. That's, I think that's the other the other thing that... He likes yelling. Jay De- yeah. <laughs> you need to relax. You're an alcoholic. Yeah, so anyway, I mean, with this, I just, I appreciated... How committed they were. The whole time travel fucking concept. Right. Like, I'm going to go into this clock. You hit me in the back of the head with <laughs> yes. this glass bottle, put in yeah. three dimes. Now I'm going to step into this grandfather clock. And How does when, this work again? When the alarm goes off, hit me in the head with a champagne bottle and put in two dimes. I'll be gone for a thousand years. <laughs> this reminded me of something I really wanted to read for a long time, which is what at the top of the show I said my name was, which is The Time Machine Did It, which is a noir comedy novel <laughs> by Josh Schwartzwelder, a writer of classic Simpsons episodes, so, so the, which I thought was really fascinating. I was like, oh my god, I would to- I should totally go and read that now. Would that have been a good pairing with something I like this? I think so, yeah. yeah? Hmm. Well, if I'd read it, I don't know, 100%. But right, I, I yeah. wanted to read it for a long time. You open so it up and it's just blank pages really and the last page says, ha ha, I have or, or we watch we watch that. Or we watch Primer and then we... Well, I'd love to read oh it. Oh my bro. god, Primer. Oh, that, <laughs> that movie! <laughs> 
<laughs> messes with my head. And that's the sound of Ben Talon having a stroke. Oh, I, I, I. He's bleeding from. I can taste pennies. I hated it, and I didn't get it, and I need to see it again. That those are equally how I feel about that movie. If a, if you, you weren't part of our pairing of Cloud Atlas with Holy Motors. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but if you need a you know, tap been doing this dancing, thing salad tossing. Christ. I've been doing this thing lately where I email uh, friends of mine uh, and ask them <laughs> questions. Like you know, I haven't connected with in the longest time, and I was I asked this one guy who lives in the UK. He's like, "What are your favorite movies? Give me a list of them." And he's like, "Oh, I do." lists of things all the time right at one of the top of his movies is Holy Motors I'm like yes fuck yes thank that you was Matt, nice. that was Matt Anderson he was just like uh, when somebody was like what's what was your greatest discovery like in a, in a film and I was like huh I could I could maim it's, it's hard for me to like say whoa, whoa I can remember a scene but that is such Holy a Motors visceral that's a visceral point in my life where I was just like the the entree listen to the the, the accordion thing again that's what yeah. I was just like and we were just like, what the fuck is happening here? And you just were YouTube staring at us. Just okay. Holy Motors. Holy Motors. It's so much, fun. Yeah. It's so much it's, fun to just watch people There's watch no it. context for it, and there's no context for it in the movie either, so you're fine. Not okay. a wit. So uh, I, what, I, what I really dug about the Nick Danger stuff, it was, it, was, it was very fun. I think the same thing that happened for me personally, especially when you fall from seeing something that's such a visual kick like John Dangerously, and then... Going to a radio broadcast is like it's it's kind of important to switch gears, you know, and kind of focus. And for me, it was just like uh, it was like the Quiffwick uh, La Luna thing. What I wished uh, Johnny Dangerously did more that Nick Danger did is they played with. I wish Johnny Dangerously played with its format more mm-hmm. in that it was a film. It was still it was still always within. The it's, confines it's of those four corners of yeah. the, yeah. of the there, film. There was no, like... Whereas, like... Spaceballs They did it a little, little bit. I mean, with that stuff where they are addressing, you know, the screen, and it's like yeah. saying, you well, know... Well, yeah, Nick Danger smoke, spends more time outside of the, of the walls than yeah, does inside. exactly. And right. I really like that about it, and I wish that uh, I, Johnny Danger did that a little bit more. They did one bit with, like, the the wash wipe where they started to go into a Oh, they did do that a little bit. What's that? Oh, no, it's fine. And then it was just sort of... Gone, yeah, and, and then it, it was the joke was over, and they went on. Yeah. And I mean, that's the whole movie. Is like the joke is there, and then it's gone. Right, but it's, I mean, it's joke. still a big Hollywood movie. It still kind of doesn't need, doesn't want to challenge its audience too much. Whereas the guys from Firesign, it seems like, like they're they really yeah, they're free doing, to they're do seventies undermining everything. The, yeah, the album we listened to it has two tracks, and it's because it was initially a record. So track one is side A, and track two was side B. Sure. Side A is just random nonsense for a half an hour. It's exhausting. So it's like our podcast. A little bit. Well, okay. <laughs> my favorite joke from it is, for some reason, he's driving on the highway and there's talking road signs going past him. So it's like, you know, this exit for da-da-da. If you, if you lived here, you'd be home by now. And he starts passing signs that says, Antelope Freeway, one mile. Antelope Freeway, one half mile. Antelope Freeway, one fourth mile. Antelope Freeway, one eighth of a mile. Antelope Freeway, one sixteenth of a mile. Antelope Freeway, one thirty second of a mile. Antelope Freeway, one sixty fourth of a mile. And and they just start coming progressively faster. <laughs> <laughs> so he has Zeno's paradox happening. <laughs> Points driving on the highway and turning on every radio. I I would still enjoy that. I, it's I enjo- love it's enjoyable stuff but that it, is clearly it's, intelligent. It's difficult to say what they're trying to do because it just feels like crap is happening for thirty minutes. Well, it's like a Zen Cohen of. Of, it's, of humor. It's, it's just it's meant very to meditative. Yes. Blow your mind out so that you can just focus on on the humor of the universe. I'll put it to you this way: I think that 
the uh, Firesign Theater's Nick Danger is if you're on a road trip and it, either a podcast or if you have a CD like we had to work with, I think this would be fun to listen to. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely yeah. for mm-hmm. to kill some time. You know, in between well, the thing I the thing the thing I think would be especially good about it is that it you have to pay attention to it. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there are so many lines where they take a word and switch it with a word mm-hmm. that is similar because mm-hmm. there's a lot of wordplay the going on there's a yeah. ton of wordplay yep where they switch rock a word out cocoa at your cervix yes things like that rock your cocoa at your cervix that, We're like, that's so that? dirty you are so rewarded for paying attention mm-hmm. very carefully whereas yeah. that's not often the case in in movies but when it's when it's radio all you have is is the words and right and yeah. the, the the sound effects and so you really have to keep your ear on it. Well, movies are just fighting nowadays just to pay, keep your attention there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You could be you could be texting while the while the movie's going on. Loud explosions. Yeah, or texting in your car for ugh. Mm-hmm. But I mean well, that yeah. that's that. <laughs> I uh, Rocky Rococo that set me off. We because... we should mention that that rock, the the pizza chain Rocky Rococo does actually come. From this, it has from, to. I, from I would Peter, never have thought well, that. According but no. to Wikipedia, I checked the Wikipedia. It does, yeah. yeah. Rocky from Rococo. The, must be true. From the, the Peter Lorre no, style the pizza, character. The pizza of, from this thing. joint was formed in 1974, and this uh, fire si- fire sign theater started in 1969. So um, the the point is like if you if you ever enjoy a chain in any one of your local dales for the Twin Cities residents, uh, and remember the the really terrible Panama hat. Big glasses, fake nose, fake mustache of Rocky Rococo. Rocky Rococo, pizza amore. So now in uh, in the Twin Cities, the only Rocky Rococo that's left is the one where I would go with my buddies, where we would sit in the smoking section, and I would just stare at them judgmentally, watching them smoke in the little aluminum foil at like ashtrays. You well, used have... to be able to smoke inside, kids. Yeah, it was it's quite been... a thing. 2004. So... They, uh, and to Ben Talon's child, listening to this in 20 years, smoking was when you take rolled tobacco leaves and set them on fire <laughs> and inhale the results for fun. And if you smoke, kid, you are grounded. I'm going to tell you grounded. that right now. Possibly in jail. Probably, yeah, probably going to be illegal by the time you hear this. You'll be shot. Yeah, unless it's pot. That'll be fine by then. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Grow smoke. some hemp. That'll yeah. be good. Brownies, kid. That'll save your lungs. No. Oh, God. You're so messed up on brownies. Put, so I've heard. Or put oil in your Ovaltine. So the uh, the last Get remaining... Get some of that new Ovaltine. medical marijuana. <laughs> there so you go. The uh, the last remaining Rocky Rococo in the state of Minnesota is currently in Brooklyn Park off of Brooklyn Boulevard across the site from where the old Village North Mall was. If you take 94... Going westbound towards uh, St. Cloud. Thanks, Google Maps. And you get off on Brooklyn Boulevard, <laughs> heading westbound towards. Uh, if you take Brooklyn Boulevard. When did heading... Mikey become our avatar of the internet? Because he's done IMDb for us. No, now he's doing Google Maps. You have to, no, you have to understand that. Like the Rocky Rococo for me was like it was begat from uh, a place that was called Mr. Gaddy's. With... Thanks, Genesis. <laughs> uh, and we had like five pizza chains. That weren't Terrible before, <laughs> before things like Papa John's and Domino's came in. We had like Godfather's was like the closest thing we had to a delivery chain. Otherwise, you had to drive out. Mm-hmm. And so Gaddy's got closed down, and then Rocky Rococo's. And it was weird because it was a satellite Rocky Rococo's. I mean, the Godfather's. Oh my! That's because they're twenty years. Okay, that was no, no. Yeah. There's still one in New Brighton. There's still one. There's still one in New Brighton. There's still I one thought in they Brooklyn were Park. No. They're not defunct. We, I need to well, do like a couple a, of harumph, harumph, This whole courtroom is defunct. Look, there's I, I a couple of blockbusters left that doesn't make the company not defunct. Well, no. Nearly defunct pizza chains. Right. Mikey, before here, they're gone. Before they're gone, I need to, yeah. I need to make, take here's, a tour. Here's my last pizza question for you. Would you recommend Rocky Rococo, the pizza place, 
on its food, or is much of it due to the nostalgia factor that you live in? No, no, the food. Actually, I have people, I have a friend, uh, many friends. Who I just want to make sure people aren't going like, I need to go there to see the ghost of young Mikey. No, 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 no. This is actually uh, this is actually something I will stand by. Their pizza is actually pretty good. You can get pizza by the slice. No, it's I fantastic. remember their pizza being good. Yeah, uh, Crust, quality, all that other stuff. So if you're, <laughs> if you're like getting a hard-on for Papa John's, don't. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with you? There are other chains. I, I would say go to uh, to if you really want good good crust, good pizza. Go to Bojo's Pizza in Idaho Springs, Colorado. Though that, I once drove there just to get pizza. So or, or you know, any crummy place in New York any, City. Oh well, there you any, go. Let's let's go to like Parkway Pizza or go to some place that's not a chain. Red this, Savoy. Reds. Well, he's not racist. Oh God! See, I can't even. It's hard to say because like he posted like racist shit in it. Anyway, anyway, this is not. Enjoy your pizza, friends. Just you know, stay away from. We your finally chains. have Chick Fil A here, and I can't eat there. Ugh. Right, gay haters. So uh, <laughs> I used to love it when see, I lived see? in Virginia. It's great. We're, chicken. we're getting offended. We're getting with the. Uh, this, it yeah. would come back to the getting. Although I really can't eat at Chick Fil A yeah, well, either there, because the, there's there's malice there. Yeah, that, but, that's not just. Yeah, that's not just like. That's oh, the CEO's kind of a dick. It's like their entire company kind of dickish. It's yeah. hey, we should take this class of people and withhold rights from them. But now. this oh. is this is. I mean, I think I find what was hilarious is that I'm listening to this radio this radio show this album, you know, uh, a, a total throwback because it probably was an album. Like a Dr. Nemento fucking album. I first album. heard it on a record. Sure. Or it would have been it would have been like maybe a 10-minute spot on Dr. Nemento in the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. when like we're trying to find the AM yeah, station that has it with mm-hmm. fucking Boogie in Your Butt and like all those, and the Weird Al songs. Because like, mm-hmm. we all like Dr. Nemento, you know? Fish Heads. Yeah, and, Fish and, Heads and, and Wet Dream in the Gulf Stream, Boot to the Head. So we've got this, and all of a sudden I hear like this guy's like, hey, it's Rocky or Coco. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So we're all on our phones, our magical our magical internet devices. And I'm looking up, and I'm like, this is Rocky Rococo. This was like the mall pizza place that we would <laughs> hang out at, at Northtown, at Rosedale, at, at Brookdale, where I grew well, up. Well, you know what that reminds me of? The fact that Toad the Wet Sprocket named itself after a Monty Python, Monty Python fake band. Yep, yep. So, yeah, I, I, that makes a little sense, actually. It's a band naming itself after a fake band. This is a pizza place naming itself after a fake noir character. And but still, it's it's somebody who had affection for this weird, undermining humor thing. Absolutely. And, and pizza, slapped its name on and to their business. Pizza by the Slice is fantastic. Luce, for my money, is still pretty good for Pizza by the Slice. But yeah. if you go and you visit... I never go to Luce for Pizza by the Slice because I'm always going to want a whole damn pizza, pizza when right. I go there. Like, mashed potato pizza, one slice? No. no. I'm going to take the whole thing, whatever I don't Sing eat now. Take it home with me. I'll <laughs> eat it ten minutes later. I said, I'll take the whole thing. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have room for garlic bread. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the thing for Parkway Pizza, and they just open up down the street from me. I do not have a thing for Parkway Pizza. My roommates have a thing for Parkway Pizza. Now, I was told by a there. friend, uh, Ms. <laughs> Jody Trotta was telling this me This whole that. podcast is getting, is getting very commercial. All right, all right, all right. And remember, go see Twelfth Night with Theater Pro Rata. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I, I didn't make it to the Pro Rata fundraiser, but I was too busy performing in the encyclopedia show. Really? That sounds very fascinating. No. And I was oh. getting, I was preparing for uh, yes. Paul Bunyan Playhouse's 2014 season, leading off with noises off. I'm playing the role of Tim Alger, the stage manager. That's okay. And I was really late to the fundraiser because I was in the Odd Couple at Bloomington Civic Theater, and Josh was shaving his head, like I was. you do. Anyway, to prepare so, for my college okay. education at so, William Mitchell College of Law, located they demand on Southern Avenue. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We knew we could do you want to be a working lawyer? William Mitchell College of Law. <laughs> 
Call hey, 1-800-X-Dash. You know, that reminds me of an awkward segue. So, <laughs> the, okay. So I have this pet theory that there, there's positive and negative hipsters. And when two meet, they explode in a burst of energy. Oh, uh, sure. But um, negative hipsters are the ones who know... Positive from... hipsters, anti-hipsters. Right. Sure. No, no. Up because hipster, people, down hipster? Because when think, people think of Charm hipsters, hipster, strange hipster? That's my new social yes. Wow. Charm hipster, strange hipster. Perfect. Um, when people think of hipsters, they think of strange hipsters, who are the ones who are very negative. They, they seek out to know things you don't and then act superior to you for you not knowing them. Sure. Charm hipsters, which I hope is the strain I have in me, are the people who know things you don't, and when they find out you don't know them, they say, Oh, God, sit down. Let's watch this. Um, like Mikey did with the last one. You, you totally out. are a charm hipster because you introduced me to this Nick Danger thing. You you played That's me a clip point. of it a little while, like uh, like a few months ago or a year ago. Yeah, yeah, in, in prep for final act because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. before we knew what it would be. Right, a charm yeah. hipster invites wonder. Well, the that's what it does. Yeah, it, it's the fact of if you learn somebody doesn't know something, do you? How, what is your reaction to it? Do yeah. you get excited because you get to be the person who introduces them, or do you feel? Better than them because you know something. There's an XKCD comic about this. Yeah, I that, that yeah. my how do we determine the specifics that? of my the immediate reaction? You learned that Josh had never seen the fall, so it became part of your next double bill. Right. I may be throwing off the timeline of that. No, no, no. The, no I get, I get. The I, response I, I was, that oh, out. I get to be the person who shows Josh the fall. Right, but I think does as opposed it, to you haven't seen the fall and you think you know about film. Harumph, harumph, harumph. Well, isn't the important part is that gauging gauging the uh, the the uh, potential your potential audience as somebody who would be interested in that because I would never I would never purport to foist something that I am passionate about on one who is not into it. And I thought at the time I was like I think you and you were like I've never seen the fall and both of us were like. You know, if if Cloud Atlas Atlas was your bailiwick, I think the fall might be something you're into. Oh, I I knew it would be. And so I, that's, I was shocked he didn't know. When when yeah. that happened, that was my reinforcement. That was my second, and that was like, let's figure out a movie to watch with that. Um, with I mean, for you, for example, you know, you're like, no nah, superhero movies, take them or leave them. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah. you know. But if there is one, say for example, Unbreakable, and this is a big segue, and I would say to you. You know, before, like, there was an Iron Man or Spider-Man, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, before he, like, fucking derailed himself completely, made a little quiet but intense superhero movie. Very, when we say gritty real, it's Bruce Willis as a fucking superhero. Well, but, but even to describe it as that is kind of a spoiler, I think. I mean, I, I, I love Unbreakable. It, I'm sorry for all the people out there who hate Unbreakable. Tough shit. Wait, I, I, don't, I, I, don't think, was, I don't think anybody really hates Unbreakable. I, they are, to even describe it as a superhero movie in is a spoiler. See the first because that's of kind of the problems whole we're going to have. But that's but that's but that's how it unfolds. Right. The the pace, the deliberate and quiet and wonderful pace, and the score and the music and the it's relationships. It's an interesting origin story. Exactly. Absolutely. Partly because be, we all hey, know how Spider-Man got his powers. To be perfectly frank, it's probably one of the first like interesting superhero movies that uh, like our generation has produced, and I'm sad that it's like fallen to Sh Shyamalan yes. really. Uh, yeah. But like in terms of like the evolution of the superhero genre, well, it's like it's a tentpole in it. The, 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 it's because you can't just like come out and say I'm going to create this brand new superhero. What he did was he came at it sideways. He just kind of yeah, backed into it. Yeah, yeah, I'm making yeah. this kind of interesting movie. Oh, and Ooh. by the way, he's a superhero. Yep. 
He's and got, but you find out at the end. Got, oh, you've been watching a superhero origin story. You didn't realize it until the end. And but, I'm sorry for the spoilers. But the neat thing. It's all right. It's been two weeks since that. And also, two weeks since that's been Fair enough. Yeah. And also, the neat thing about it is that it's it takes also like things that we would read like. 400 people are dead except for one person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not like, you know, 400 people dead, but this guy that jumped out with like a red cape and it was like, fuck yeah, Superman! <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, He didn't whoa. survive by like walking out of the burning train on fire with his clothes falling off and go, what was that? He's like, I'm sorry, I had the chili. But then you have, <laughs> but then you also have like, you know, Samuel Jackson like bouncing it out. My point being is that these, these are movies when somebody was like, I don't like superhero movies. I'm like, well, have you seen Unbreakable? No. Maybe it's more of your speed. Maybe yeah. if you don't like spandex and like mechanical armor and uh, thunder gods, maybe you would dig something that's a little bit more mm-hmm. on a, on a down to earth level because the relationships in it are what kind of like touch you a little bit. The kids because, and the hands. Yeah, and, it's yeah. it's not like a super. It's not a superhero movie in the way that you think of superhero movies because it's so. I mean, it has superheroes in it technically. Mm-hmm. But it's right. not about superheroes. But, and it, it addresses one thing very well, which is rarely addressed in superhero movies, which is, how do you fight crime? Like, who lives in a city bad enough that can go out and just find a bunch of crime? <laughs> like, because you know, in a superhero movie, that's a given in the Right, universe. exactly. But the in crime. this one, it's not. He has to figure out how to do it, and then look for a little while, and then find something that's worth actually doing something about. It. I read a... A thing about Batman once, which was Batman, it was a, a twisted twist on his origin story, which is that he dresses as a bat and he goes and he peers down from rooftops and can't see a fucking thing because he's 30 stories above the ground. He can barely tell there's people down there, let alone if someone's getting mugged. So he just goes out and comes back every night and just does nothing. <laughs> because you, it's really hard to run around. Dear diary. Yeah. Poor Batman. I'm blogging exactly. tonight to tell oh, you nothing happened. I think it was... Logically, you can justify I think Batman that was Neil finding Gaiman. crime. I think it was whatever though, happened to the Cape like, Crusader just in terms that of, was in. Just because in terms it, of like him, it's just like well, he has they, the resources that, to like, Well, that's also it. why they always right. make Gotham City so bad, because otherwise it's yeah, hard me, to run out and happen to find a mother. I am starting a Twitter account called Boring Batman, and <laughs> Boring Batman, like, driving around, saw some cop cars... They had taken care of everything. Went what was the up. last crime you witnessed? Uh, the last crime I witnessed was when I was running. Uh, I went for a run uh, last week, and it was one of those. And this is how things kind of like play out. I was in Northeast on Johnson and 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 Twenty Ninth, and I was on my afternoon run. And as I was going, and I saw it was one of those things where you see in the distance like the cacophony of things happening mm-hmm. and I wasn't certain if there was an accident or a heart attack or whatever sure, yeah. but as this guy was biking down I saw a guy past him in the distance in my keen vision running behind him and I heard shouting and I was like something is happening as I was looking across the street and then I see this truck that is carrying uh, several uh, Hispanic individuals with a trailer full of lawn mowers and weed whackers like they were a lawn service and probably about less than a half a mile from my home this truck cuts over really fast I was like holy Jesus there was a guy on a bike in front of that and I'm like was there an accident so I start cutting across the street and this guy comes running and I'm like were you the one that was hit I couldn't see and like this guy starts screaming he's like I was about to get those guys are trying to beat me up those guys are trying to beat me up right now and I was just like and I was like, hey, and like, I see this guy running barefoot. And the second thought was, oh, barefoot runner. I like, yeah, I'm, I run to Vibram too. That's, <laughs> That's pretty tough. Think of. Wow. That was what I was thinking of. And then I was just like, barefoot, you're tough. 
and these guys are getting out of their car and I'm like, there's a bike. I can see a tire underneath. I'm like, oh Jesus. And I'm like, do I stop? Do I, is there enough people here? I see cars pulling over. I'm like, oh my God, I'm about to witness an accident. And as I come up, it turns out these guys, these guys in the lawn care service cut off this fella who was jiving me about the fucking fight. Like somebody's trying to beat me up. He was yelling that to deflect what was going on. He had stolen the bike. This fellow was on his bike, pulled into his driveway, went to like get his foot clamps off. And an opportunistic fellow went and grabbed his bicycle and took off. And as soon as he turned around, his bike was gone. So he went on after him on foot. These gentlemen saw him, cut the guy off. The guy threw the bike under the car and kind of bumped over. And then he just took off on foot. Sure. That is what happened. And... I stopped long enough to talk to the guy and find out what was going. The man was extraordinarily grateful for this lawn care service. And they were just like, are you okay? And, like, this guy had, like, a backpack full of shit that he'd been, like, grabbing out of garages that were open. Because it's a beautiful spring day, yeah, you know? Yeah. And it just... The thing is, somebody on online was like... I, I read about it on the local Northeast Minneapolis news. And they're like, we shouldn't fucking have to worry about locking your doors. I'm like... That is the dumbest fucking thing in the world you can possibly say. Well, yes, yes, it'd be lovely if you didn't have to. No, yes. you do. And you live in. We shouldn't have to. Worry I live in about getting cancer. We shouldn't. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we shouldn't have to worry about wearing sunscreen or eating food I, every day. Yeah, so we I, I live in North Minneapolis, so the the, the, the the mere mention of we shouldn't have to worry about crime is laughable to me. Well, and well, you also shouldn't have to be so good at the game of gunshot or car backfire, but I know you're pretty good it, it, It's gunshot or fireworks is, All right. is what we play. But, my, but, but yeah. my point is, is like, yes, you should lock your fucking door because, I'm sorry, were you raised in fucking gumdrop village? Because even growing up, I remember in my family, in Brooklyn Park, which is considered a not-so-reputable area of the Twin Cities metro, my, my dad, my, my dad, who was in administration with the Hennepin County Sheriff's Department, had a buddy come over and, like, knocked on the door. And we had one of those old 70s, like, fibery, fucked-up doors. You know, it wasn't, like, the hard, heavy metal ones until they replaced it. Um, and my buddy from the high school musical came over my dad's like, hey, how are you doing? And he's like, he was good. He's like, Mr. Postle, this is a very thin door. He's like, mm-hmm, yeah. He goes, I'm thinking about replacing it. And he goes, well, what would it what would it take for a criminal to maybe come on over and kick this door down? And my, my dad looks at me and goes, well, probably about as much time as it took for me to grab my 9mm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I love and miss my dad a lot. So my point is, like, don't leave your fucking door unlocked. This is not... Mayberry. No place is Mayberry. Minneapolis. But Minneapolis is especially not Mayberry. So don't put something so so iconically stupid out there like, no, we shouldn't have to. It's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> we're not mutants. We don't live in the world we wish existed. We live it's in the true. world as it is, and yes. you can just deal with that. Right. If, if, it's not, if it doesn't say garage sale on the side and you have your fucking snowblower on the front lawn, and sitting there, somebody's going to grab that fucker. We shouldn't have to go to the bathroom every day. That's a lot of water right. we're wasting. Somebody should just take my pee out of my bladder for me. So anyway, why, why produce pee? Why can't my body I just forget why I asked everything? everything. Why did it you ask me that? It was something about Batman. Batman superhero movies back then. Oh, the, yeah. The, the Fireside boring, Theater. Boring Batman. Boring yes. Batman this would be... This has yes. something to do with what we I, talking about. I was patrolling through Gotham City streets. That's why the Arkham Asylum games always take place on like an event sort of like... 
Sure. Like, uh, premise, because, you know, it's like, you know, Arkham Asylum has been, like, locked down, then Batman goes in and enters it. Like, just walking around town, finding crime, they have to create little mini-events everywhere. Or the shitty thing where a fire, a building was blown up, like, cross town, so all the resources are there. But in the meanwhile, Arkham Asylum is getting broken out of, so Batman is like, I am going to be smart enough to say, cops and fire and rescue are going to be there, I'm going to Arkham Asylum to, like... Take care of killer. Or I was out of town, so I guess I'll just go to the abandoned amusement park and assume at least one of them is there. <laughs> Why do we have so many abandoned amusement parks? Is Valley Fair open yet? No, yes, it opened on May sixteenth. There's in. a lot of abandoned amusement parks and toy factories. I have factory. to swing I into have the Joker's been to Valley, Valley Fair in years, and you know, Joker I, would totally I, take I, it I over. Still really I really regret it. I, I used to love the corkscrew. I really did. I enjoy it. I'm not a big fan of uh, of uh, the roller coasters. I didn't like the drop, but I, I do like the corkscrew. You know, there are other ones that have like actually. Blown up Excalibur. There's wild things. They're scary like ones. Ex- I don't like the ones with the huge drops in them. I don't like the feeling of oh. dropping. Oh, speaking of huge drops. So the further adventures <laughs> of Nick Danger. Uh, any yeah, final, yeah. Any final words to say on that? That was um, the same way. I think that yeah, it, I know, again. Right? I, I'm going to stand by my assertion. Speaking that Speaking of nuclear submarines. No, I think it's a great. It's a great one to listen to on a road trip. It's very subversive. It's fun. It's you know. Yeah. I think people who. It's are a great in, primer for yeah for subversive humor for radio humor for. Just that. that yeah, it's very much it. The noir is the way they parody radio form. And maybe that's also, what they're doing. It, it they yeah. do it very well. If if you're not a big fan of Garrison Keillor, and his uh yeah his guy noir stuff. This is, and you want funnier stuff and less like, huh, oh, elbow, elbow, jump, 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 then check out, definitely check out the fire. I mean, there's still group. some elbow, elbow stuff in here. Yeah. But, like, I mean, it's. There I is, like, but it, I liked it it's not quite like so that. spoon. Yeah. It's not spoon fed pablum, if I may be. intellectual for a moment. I would say it's not quite so self satisfied. Yeah. It does make, it actually makes you think, not, not think me, but it, it, <laughs> right. you actually There's have to be somewhat like, halfway intelligent to kind of right. really get into Ooh. it and enjoy it. It, it happens fast. Yes. It's a yeah. fast. You it's really have to be holding on to the speakers by your ears. <laughs> you gotta grab those and, reins. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the jokes are very subtle and quick. Yeah. So, yeah. But That's worth it. The Further Adventures of Nick Danger. Thanks for the double bill, Brian. So, now we've reached the point where we compare. Oh, yes. Compare and contrast. Oh, God. We still, we're still going on? <laughs> Oh, 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 no, we can do this. Oh, we can do is this that a quick. thing we do on this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So, oh, my God. Ultimately, it's just... That's why we did two art forms. Uh, yeah, I guess now, at the end of the mm-hmm. podcast, it's time to explain to you what, what you guessed what I on. What I'm doing on this podcast? Yeah. Right. Okay, yeah. Um, Double Bill is about comparing two pieces of art um, based on some premise, good or flimsy. Fair enough. And... Most it's ultimately about <laughs> what did having these two experienced together change the experience for you. Okay. That was a horribly phrased sentence, but you get the point. No, I, I think I get the idea. Um, I'm yeah, not I think, I talking think they are, what now. They're, no? these, two, these two pieces were kind of opposite ends of, of the genre of, of crime in the, the, the 20th, in the mid to early 20th century. Uh, of organized crime in the early to mid 20th century. The, the, beyond that, they're they're very different. They're wildly different, but they still reward the the acute listener, um, and and they they poke fun at this genre that had been dead, and they kind of brought it back just to say, by the way, this this genre is still here, and it is still worthy of being paid attention to, and it's still kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both do it well, but in vastly different ways. 
lusty different ways. Lusty yes. different ways. Hmm. Heaving ways. Yes. Heaving. Heaving. How did you feel? Heaving. I, I liked uh, if Nick you could Dangerously stress... over uh, Johnny Dangerous. Or Nick, Nick Danger over Don Johnny Dangerous. I preferred Nick Dangerously. Of course. I'm leaving before I explain I did. that. Uh, not by much. Uh, in terms of like the... What I really enjoyed about Nick Danger is the wordplay involved and like kind of like keeping up with it. I like that I was forced to pay attention a little bit more sure, sure. with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with Johnny Dangerously, like... Michael Keaton's performance didn't really do it for me a lot of the time. Right, because you were stuck on the island. Not, not only right, that, okay. but like... Michael Keaton was... He was the star of the movie, but he wasn't like the star of the humor of no, this, it, well, he wasn't. Of this movie. And like, he was a little too uh, wink-winky for me. Yeah, okay, I can see that. So that was uh, that that always like detracts from my value of uh, anything when there, uh, somebody's like... There's a little too like much going on, like more elbowing. Uh, one wink, one wink, and one yeah. elbow is fine. But like when it gets to be more, yeah, when it gets to be too much, and too like anything, when yeah. you, when somebody sort of lampshades like uh, the humor that's going on, sure. that sort of really distracts me, uh, and, and then I don't think it's funny. Okay. Uh, Come on, all Nick Danger was one big lampshade. No, it's tr- it's true, and I enjoyed it for that reason. But like in terms of <laughs> like you know when it happens a little too much, and like okay, like uh, okay. when it happens in theater too, mm-hmm. I don't like it. Man, this is this is. This is Josh's. Okay, gross. this is my shtick on this show. All right, I'll let it go. To be the devil's go. advocate yeah, for yeah. whatever things that, or not liking a show. If you like I'm something, liking. I will find a way to hate it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know, usually I, I am from I am from the school where I find reasons to like like things more of the time, mm-hmm. like a lot of the time. What? No, no, seriously, for you this, big faker. You no, are, no, no, you fuck are you, Captain. In, no, you are the big intellectual. God damn it. No. You have cerebral pieces you put out there, and you surprise Yeah, but you people. can only take intellectualism so far before True. you're just fucking in a hole, you know not what? loving anything. I apologize. You got me. Red because fucker. this this motherfucker, Red this motherfucker had had Brand, uh, Red a full on yeah. robot chubby for mannequin. Yeah, like, I love he mannequin. Found mannequin. That was great. That movie was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm making a I'm making a face right now. He and had, it, he had more. It kind of indicates he my had more feelings about he, mannequin. He, okay, I I enjoy mannequin. He did. For what it is, but Here, here's uh, the thing. Josh didn't just have feelings for Mannequin. He was angry <coughs> at the fact that he had feelings for Mannequin. He <laughs> yes, was upset. That, is, that makes it okay, then. That makes it okay. Yeah, he he was, as long as you recognize that you have a problem. Mannequin That's forced fine. its way through some kind of armor, and he was annoyed at the adorable tickling I have spent a long him. time, everybody, building up an defense an mechanism for various, you know, <laughs> pieces of shit art. Like Johnny Dangerously. Johnny Dangerously is a better film than Mannequin. Not like Johnny Dangerously. Barely, but but it is a better film. But, like, Mannequin was fun to watch, and it didn't, like, have any pretensions to anything else. That's true. And Johnny Dangerously is very similar to that. It doesn't have any pretensions to be anything else, and that's what I enjoy about it. When when something has a pretension to something else and is just not content with being itself, that's when I start getting angry at things. And 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 these movies come in... I just... The, the sentiment but like, like uh, I try very hard not to like tear down something just be just for the sake of tearing it down because that's very much the internet culture for sure and like in terms of like anything 
try to find something to love about it. And, like, this was great. I love this, like, in terms of, like, having fun with it. But, like, this, if you want to, like, ask me, like, what I have problems with it, I'll tell you what I have problems with it. Michael Keaton's eyeliner, right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what it was. Heavy, heavy, they, which is very, Which is a very <laughs> internet comment to say. No, like, it's true. It's, it's true. still only I, a I quarter depth. I won't argue with that on that. But it's like... <laughs> it's still only like a quarter depth. <laughs> it's right, mostly 25% partly, depth. Yeah. It's mostly right. partly... Which is dangerously depth. high, but... <laughs> it's yeah, it's like being at twenty five percent of the speed of light. Right. It's maybe not the speed of light, but it's still a lot. It's still ludicrous speed. So fast balls. <laughs> well, wink, winky, nod, naughty. That gets. I do it. Yeah, that, that... that gets a little old for me really fast. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. So and when that Johnny ha- dangerously tiptoed that line pretty, pretty finely. And I think with yeah, and I and for me, and I think for Ben as well. There's a there's a certain... and not to say that Nick Danger didn't do it too. Like in terms, it did that as well, but like that was only a half an hour. And I and yeah. I grew. I mean, it the, also didn't address the audience directly. I think I think without that direct looking at the audience fourth wall breaking, you might have been a little more. I think content. I think I think there's parts of it. The whole put your thumb and maybe it was just tripping us off as it, actors. Well, it, it was breaking the fourth wall, but it was breaking the fourth wall within I, the I, cast. I, I put my it thumb wasn't addressing the right there. That's oh, why I find the script. That's how I keep that's how I keep my space. My spot, so I don't yeah. get confused. And I th- other me, than other I, than I the felt commercial. that they used I felt that they used that fourth wall break too slightly too often in in Nick Danger sure I, well, felt, that, I felt it was kind of a, it was kind of an escape it was kind of a just a, an escape and this is a gimme well. and this okay. is how we go back in time we just walk away from the... I'm like this is my flashback all I have to do is fade my voice out <laughs> well that's what the, the, that's the question yeah, I the, asked you like how often does that happen in the show like I was kind of curious like how often they use I, that trope I couldn't tell you yeah, yeah. The, the oh we're aware we're doing a radio play yep. joke is funny, but you can only do it so, so often before times. it's very obvious that you are continually doing, However, doing a radio joke. I think Johnny Dangerously could have done that a little more. It, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. Yes. Hmm. You take the bus. We take the bus. <laughs> we all take the bus. We miss the bus. We miss the bus. We miss the next bus. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Meridian. <laughs> I okay. So my my thing is with with this because I uh, I I grew up on on road trips listening to like Bill Cosby and shit like that on mm. on like cassette tapes. <laughs> I, I do that now because right because Noe's really big into Bill Cosby. So, so I, we listen we listen to these things you know for for nostalgia and I, I see things like Mannequin and Johnny Dangerously as revisiting uh, portents of my of my childhood my my youth that. I really enjoy finding the shit that uh, I compl- like smoked me, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. whoa, I whoa, and then I can applaud now because I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, occasionally I'll watch it like an old Simpsons episode, and I'm like, wow, I miss that totally. Right like, when that when that when I first watched the, it. the joke that, that still sticks out for me as a kid was um, when Homer was in prison. I think in the episode where he thought he was dying, and there's a guy playing harmonica in the background. He's like, "What are you here for?" Atmosphere. <laughs> totally didn't get that as a kid. I thought he was in prison for like being in a bad place or pull- having bad atmosphere, like yeah. a bad attitude. And then as an adult, I went, "Oh, the oh, he's a prop." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, like you know, if we if we did uh, going back to spaceballs, we'd go through spaceballs, you know, and like nobody knows the trouble I see. Huh? She's a base, <laughs> you know, and like it's like. <laughs> Why, why is she singing that song? Well, she's singing that song because it's a prison song that sometimes you'll hear in like old movies. And it's like, 
foom over my head. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a ton of foom foom joke. Jew- oh, she's a Jewish princess. Why is that a funny thing? Yeah, yeah. She doesn't look Jewish. Funny, she doesn't look Jewish. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I'm gonna say that I like them both equally. I liked Giant Angels a little bit more because it was nice to revisit. It was also a good choice. And it was nice to see it with somebody who had a lot of the similar like feelings about uh, what I was missing when I was probably yes, twelve. Yes, absolutely. Years old. I, I'm. I feel the exact same way. I mm-hmm. enjoy Johnny Dangerously a little bit more than Nick Danger for the exact same reason. Because we were uh, able for for the nostalgia purpose and for the seeing it from a new from a grown up perspective. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And also because Nick Danger went to the breaking the fourth wall uh, joke a little too often for me. Yeah. Although I do appreciate, I appreciated the callbacks. But I, I yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely appreciate the callbacks. Why is why does his voice sound like this now? You know, what <laughs> bum How does he make his voice do that? <laughs> well, that was fantastic. Good choices, man. Once again, yeah, good choices. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Good. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed, and I'm glad I introduced somebody new to Fireside Theater. And those of you listening at home, all seven, twelve of you. Um, Hi, mom. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Hi, hi Ben's mom. Sorry about all the curses. God, you guys went on a long time. Oh, <laughs> my God. This is a long one. That doesn't so, sound anything like my mother. <laughs> you guys went on a long time. Um, there you go. That's it. <laughs> she's a lovely woman. So, yes, check out Firesign Theater. They're ridiculous. I'm going up north this weekend, and I plan to load up my uh, pod catcher thingy. Whatever, whatever thing supports audio episodes. You are of lying things. so hard, right? You're no, no, I words. intend to. I, I'll I totally fill, intend to, I'll but I realize I, don't lo- MP, I no longer have a podcast. I'll fill my MP3 ver with musics. And it's my phone now because I don't have a. Play iPod them anymore. on my radio. So, yeah, computer radio. Well, Bill Cosby does have some fantastic ones. If you haven't heard his Moses sketch, it's no, I've heard oh the yeah, sketch. yeah, sure. Right. Right. With the Cuban. Was a Cuban. I was I was I was in speech during high school. I've heard that. <laughs> you see the kids like the pudding pop Theo with the Noah. You gotta remember. Dad, kid. I have a real problem. I got a girl pregnant. What am I gonna do? Do <laughs> you guys remember the kids? I would always make this face. And he wore a purple t-shirt could run real fast. <laughs> and then Fat Albert would come in and say, <laughs> like you so, do. I have no idea how the audio quality of this is going to turn out because like half the time we were talking over each other. So Bill Cosby is a talented man and a, a legend of comedy. I think that's what we've learned from yes. today. From yeah. today, yeah. yes. Yes, noir. Anyway. A good lesson. Who's You're hosting next? next? I am hosting next. Hmm. We will be watching the little-known Christopher Nolan film called Inception. <laughs> and In uh, the major blockbuster, Paprika. Uh, both uh, dream entry movies. One, but you're uh, not doing Dreamscape. Okay. No, I'm not doing Dreamscape. Wow. This this podcast has already have an unnatural fixation on Dreamscape. Okay. So we watch the signs of sleep. We are also not reading the Donald Duck comic in which the Beagle Boys enter Scrooge McDuck's dreams. That did cross my mind actually to post to uh, (laughs) pair with Inception. Did. You are not off base at all. In fact, that was sent to me this week for uh, choices because I was discussing this choice with somebody. Oh, you've seen this, right? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. Wait a minute. Are you guys nerds? Oh, my God. 
I did not even know that. Yeah, uh, wait, wait. Yeah, we, we gotta retcon that. Um, you were reading about this comic in law class. There you I go. was reading about this comic in law class oh, because okay. we, you know, Donald Duck forms the basis of modern law. Exactly. So. I buy that. Okay. I think we're done. Let's let's end this. All right. You're listening to Double Bill. The intro music was by one lovely Miss Anna Weggel. Yay. You can listen to more of her work at AnnaWeggle.com. Thank you. And you can listen to more Double Bills in the place you're listening to this one. Check yeah. out some of the others. We've done a few. We referenced a lot of them today. But we're done now. Double Bill, Double Bill. Comparing culture, it's Double Bill. Putting two things together, it's Double Bill. It's Double Bill. This is where the theme song goes, theme song goes, theme song goes. This is where the theme song goes. Here it goes. Theme song, theme song, theme song, theme song. Here it goes. And now it's over.